You're listening to the Called to Follow podcast, where we discuss real topics from today's culture and look how they hold up against God's Word. Called to Follow. Real topics. Real scripture. Well, hey, everybody. I want to welcome you back to the Called to Follow podcast, uh, where we are looking at real topics in the world we live in but also the real scripture and how that scripture relates to those topics and what does that mean for the believer? Uh, How should the scripture uh, dictate our life? And so we're just going to jump back in today. I want to welcome you back. Thanks for joining us. Uh, If you haven't subscribed yet uh, to any of these channels, we'd love to have you do that, whether that's through the video version of this or just the audio version, but it's good to have you. Hopefully you have been encouraged by this. If you're new here, I want to welcome you as well, where we are just going to take a look at the scripture as it relates to real stuff that everybody walks through. And so today we're going to cover a topic that obviously could be controversial, uh, depends on how you want to approach the topic of politics, right? They, they say that the two things we avoid uh, talking about is death and taxes and politics is involved in all that, right? That we don't want to talk about that stuff. But it seems like everybody wants to talk about that stuff, uh, especially on social media. So just this morning, actually, uh, as I got into the office this morning, I had a piece of mail uh, on my desk that um, was talking about the 2024 election already. And it was pushing the idea of we need to get more voters uh, registered and all that kind of stuff. And I understand that. Uh, But it just made me realize, just as we're going to talk about this today, uh, it made me realize just how, I don't know, how divisive this could be. Uh, So if you were around and were aware back in... Uh, 2020 and even, golly, 2016 and every, I mean, it seems like every election year, especially the major elections, there's so much controversy. There's so much drama. There's so much fighting back and forth. And it just is a breeding ground for disastrous things. And, um, but at the same time, that's the world we live in. We live in a world where that is happening. Uh, we live in a world where, yes, there are going to be, um, election years. They're going to be voting and there's going to be these political parties and all that kind of stuff. So the question we want to pose today is, as a believer, as someone who is a follower of Jesus, and we believe that God's word is our authority on everything in life, what do we do about this? How do we navigate through the torrent that we see in the world today, um, especially leading up to an election year? And so this morning, uh, Tyler's on here with us today and appreciate Tyler being with us. Glad to be here. And uh, excited about talking about this today because I think it's an important thing that we discuss. Um, we, we shouldn't just shy away from this because it's sometimes uh, controversial, but it's it's important that we talk about this from a biblical perspective. And so um, just going to kind of pose a couple questions here today as we walk through um, this conversation. And Tyler and I are going to do uh, our best to try and navigate through God's Word the best that we can uh, as to what it means for us. And so the, the first question really want to pose is, um, as a Christian, what, what should be the Christian's responsibility in this world of politics? Um, so as a believer, what, where do we land on this? What, what do we need to do as believers? I think, I think Christians should be in government. I also don't think that's a, 
a small task for everybody. Like I don't think it's something everybody should do. Mm-hmm. It, uh, it takes a special kind of person to handle that environment. Yeah. But I think that it, when Christians aren't in politics, then that voice is gone. Mm-hmm. Um, like we we should have a voice in our community circles. We should have a voice in, in, in at government at the highest level, government at the lowest level. Mm-hmm. I, I think when we when we're like, well, we'll just stay in our church and you do your thing. That that gets us. Uh, it isolates us away from the world when our mission is to make disciples and yeah. and to go and baptize yeah other others. So no, I agree with that. I, yeah, there's definitely a there's a danger from from Christians withdrawing too much from the social sphere. Um, I mean, we see that with I mean, you, you think about certain um, certain religious groups where where monks or uh, religious fanatics would withdraw completely from the community mm-hmm. and yeah. isolate themselves. That that makes you're not light in the community when you do that. And so, yeah, I think I think we could look at that from all walks of life. That we need more we need more Christian teachers who are in public school. We need yes. more uh, Christians who are in politics. Yes, we certainly need that. But just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you should be in no, politics. And that's what I wanted to say too. It, just because and there are there should be Christians in politics. But if you're not a Christian who's in politics. You shouldn't be out there screaming mm-hmm. about it either, right? Yeah. Um, it's it's not a good look. Yeah. I, I just don't. It just isn't a good look. I'm not saying we should vote with conviction. We should pray about who we vote for, who we who we support, but ultimately that those thoughts should be kept, yeah, private. Really, right. yeah. I think well, and I think somewhat some of the, to an extent. Yeah, to, to an extent. extent. Yes, we have we have a responsibility to stand for truth, but to do that according to the scripture, right? With peace and with civility. Absolutely. Um, we, we live in, and I think the, the, the elephant in the room that we could all talk about, I think everybody has seen this, is where this gets blown way out of proportion and, um, and, and is not biblical when people, Christians, non-Christians, doesn't matter what, what party affiliation you have, when we take to the social media pages uh, with our with this banner we're wanting wanting to wave and our convictions and we go into our Facebook Instagram whatever social media platform we use um, and we begin to scream and argue and belittle people um, from a computer screen and we mm-hmm. see I mean you, you saw that in the last several elections I mean it's there's no way around it you see it on TV too the the smear tactics and everything. And there's um, and there's people who who only want to argue with you. Oh yeah. They they don't they don't want to be convinced. They're not ultimately searching for any kind of truth. They just want to argue. Yeah. They yeah. have they have no desire and and there's no nuance in that. Mm-hmm. You can't know someone's tone or how they're talking or if they're peaceful or happy or mad. You you cannot you can you can only see what you read into. Right, yeah. And everybody reads through a lens that that they have. And so just because you might write something online that is completely innocent and just trying to be honest, but you're right. Someone could misconstrue that and blow that out of proportion. Um, yeah, certainly this idea of as a, as a responsible Christian, yes, we have to stand for truth. The Bible speaks about the authority of God's word and our convictions are rooted in God's word. And so, yes, we should have a voice. Uh, we should be able to talk about this. But there's a way to talk about that. Um, 
And even if you choose to use social media to talk about it, if that's if that thing become begins to go sideways and become argumentative, um, that's where you've got to remove yourself. At least I believe biblically we should remove ourselves and then have that conversation individually individually with that person, if that's even possible, depending on who that person is arguing. Because here's what we see a lot of times in, in our culture today that anytime something political is voiced, or, I mean, for that matter, you think about like just just the local, we're here in Eustis, Florida, the local um, word of mouths that are out there. Uh, I'm pretty sure that there are certain people on the word of mouth that all they do is just patrol that stuff yeah. to talk about negative things. And so someone could post an innocent comment on a word of mouth, and it seems like everybody wants to jump on that and attack people. And that doesn't have to be a political thing. That might be just something about a restaurant in town or something. And we're we're so prone to do that. But as believers, what we have to recognize is, yes, we have a voice, but the rest of the scripture still applies to our conduct. And so I think about like the idea that, that all through the New Testament, we see this mandate for believers to not be involved in slander. Uh, slander means to speak hurt against someone uh, biblically. And I, I think about that as a as a believer, though I might not agree with the political stance someone has, or I might not agree with um, uh, a certain person who is uh, running for a, uh, a place in government, I might not agree with him. I have no grounds biblically to go slander that person right. um, and attack that person uh, from a Facebook page or even just in a verbal discussion with someone. That's not my place. That's not biblical when we think of the fruit of the Spirit, right? Gossip and, and slander are not fruits of the Spirit. Rather, they are works of uh, Satan in our life when we are doing those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And it's so easy to do that, right? It's so easy on a social media page to go and be on the attack in those things because we feel like, I don't know, I think we feel empowered sometimes. Well, there's, we're there's a lot that goes into that. They talk about um, in social media, you, you studies have shown the the dopamine hits, the reaction, that the, the feeling people get from arguing with people. I've done it. I've been on there and debated with people. Mm-hmm. I, anytime I've debated with someone in comments, I've tried to keep it civil. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean they're going to be, but... Yeah. But you have to try to keep a level head. However, I can't even give you a time that it's been fruitful. No. Like where it's like, oh, you, you won me over. Yeah. yeah. Like, right. Yeah. That's not going to happen. It's not ever going to happen. Uh, so, I mean, yes, speak truth, but always make sure it's civil and in, and in, uh, in kindness and in love. Yeah. And that, yeah, that's the thing. You think about the scripture where Peter says, be ready to give an answer for what we believe in our faith. But he says, do it with gentleness and respect. Yes. So there's always that caveat to that. And I, and I think about anytime we're talking about what does the Bible say about things, we have to take the whole counsel of God. And so we look at the rest of the counsel of God, and, and God tells us that if it is all possible, keep peace at all times. Uh, one of the Beatitudes that Jesus speaks about in Matthew 5 is, blessed are the peacemakers. So there is an element there that we as believers should set the tone in, yes, good, healthy discussion— Let's stand on our convictions. If you if you know biblically this is what the Bible says and it's our grounds to stand on, yes, stand on it, but not through slander and not mm-hmm. through arguments, not through hate speech, not through this hostility. Um, that, that gets us nowhere, right? We all know that. We all know that arguing with someone is not the place for that. And that's one of the reasons why, I mean, you look at debates uh, um, 
on especially the presidential level, these debates that go on or the government governor race, they're so ugly most time that they're not even talking about things that really profit uh, the United States. It's more about just let me smear the other person and slander the other person, and there's no place for us as as followers of Jesus uh, to do that. Um, the other thought that I, we had about this was the question of why why is politics so divisive? And, and really the question is, is that something that Satan uses in our world today to divide us? Um, Tyler, I'll let you speak to that I, for a I minute. think as long as I've known about politics, I, it's been divisive. Mm-hmm. But social media has seriously, seriously, seriously compounded, multiplied the the angst and uh, divisiveness between both both sides. Mm. I think too, as people, we're naturally tribal. Yeah, we we tend to run in groups that we get along with, that we recognize, that we that we agree on things. Typically, we're tribal. Um, that's a that's a flesh thing that to be tribal. But uh, one scripture that I wanted to bring up was that Jesus ended tribalism. <laughs> Ultimately, Galatians yeah. three twenty eight is it says that it says. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. That is that is God telling us where you don't need to be tribal anymore. Mm-hmm. You're under you're under Christ. Like yeah, that's that's who you are now. That's your new identity as believers. That's who we are. We're we're not we're not Republicans. We're not Democrats. We're not this or that. We're Christians and we're Christ followers. And we need to identify as that and stop identifying as other things. Oh, so good. Yeah, that whole identity thing is it is pushed in our it is pushed in our culture today. You see it you mentioned the idea of Republican Democrat. And just immediately, like in even even though I'm a believer, just mentioning those two names, there's a certain tension that that just mm-hmm. brings to the conversation and it pits like the idea that if you're a republican it's like oh the democrats they're the enemy mm-hmm. um or if you're a democrat it's like oh the republicans are the enemy and we we are, have such angst toward one another in that and it, and it's not even it's not even at a national level all the time but it 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 breaks down even into families um in communities where man you're driving down the road and you see if you see the neighbor down the street that you don't really know that well, but you see come October next year, oh, they've got a they've got a Trump flag in their thing, or oh, the other neighbor they've got a Biden thing, or they got yeah. a Democrat thing. We automatically right there's something inside of us. I think that's a tribal thing. Mm-hmm. There's there's something inside of us that goes, oh, I don't know. You start thinking about those people differently. Um, but the thing is, as believers, that's. Our, our identity is not Republican or Democrat. It's not mm-hmm. this affiliation. Our our identity is in Christ. And so I do. I think that Satan certainly uses the realm of politics um, and certainly through social media now to bring divisiveness. That's That's been Satan's plan all along. I, I was thinking about the idea, uh, even in the Garden of Eden, um, Satan came to Adam and Eve, and the thing that he wanted to do was to divide them. Mm-hmm. And so so obviously Adam and Eve are in the garden. Everything is great. The Bible says that God walks with them in the cool of the day. It's a beautiful relationship. Satan comes in and begins to interject thoughts that make them think differently about God. Um, and so they immediately start thinking, well, maybe God's holding out on us. Maybe God is keeping us from having what we really should have or what we want to have and our power. And so Adam and Eve give in to the temptation. They sin, right? 
and immediately they recognize something's wrong. God comes to them, and the first thing we see is that Adam, right, Adam and Eve have a brokenness, a divisiveness in that relationship between Mm. God. They try to hide from God. I don't want to be with God because now I'm shamed, all that kind of stuff. Then Adam, or then then God comes to Adam and says to Adam, "Hey, what's this you've done?" And Adam immediately is like, "It's it's the woman. It's her. <laughs> it's her fault, right?" And so there's division even in the garden. God has been just, divided from people, just and two people, too, so. and now there's two. The same thing happens with that. Like it's yeah. their fault. Oh, it's their fault. Right, it's, right. Yeah. And we're always pointing fingers, and it's always yeah, exactly. And so divisiveness is certainly something that Satan uses in our world to. Um, to distract us and to keep us uh, at odds with one another. I mean, the, John ten ten, Jesus said that Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy us. And so this is one of the ways that he destroys us. And for me personally, I think about this and how it relates to like real life um, and how there's a trickle-down effect. I mentioned the idea of like the neighbor thing. Like if you're driving down the street and you see a neighbor that has this flag or this this banner – um, immediately, if we're not careful, we can begin to treat that person differently. Yeah. Um, I will say this, that it's, it is hard. It, it can be very hard. If you know someone votes differently than you, it's really easy for us to not love that person like we should, not want to bless that person. If we find out they have a need or an emergency, would that play a role in that? Would we go, oh, I don't. I don't know if I want to jump in and help that person because they vote this way. And that shouldn't be the case, right? No. That should never be the case. And that should also believers. be a sign that you're leaning far too into politics. Yeah. That should be a, that should be a red flag in your own life and go, whoa, hold on a second. I'm looking at this person differently. Yeah. Yeah. Because of their politics. And that's that's wrong on so many levels. Absolutely. And I think when when Satan can do that, when Satan can get us to where we view people um, in such a way that we view them as the enemy as we view them as someone who's hostile to us, then we will never be the believer in the Christian we need to be to those people that we live uh, with in our community. And, I mean, that's not just neighborhoods. That's family stuff. I mean, I think every family's got people that vote differently and think differently politically. Um, but, man, that can, that can certainly drive a wedge in. So as a Christian, I, the other question I want to pose is, as a Christian, what should be— <coughs> What should be the avenue that we take? If we're going to stand for truth, how do we do that biblically uh, without going and taking to the slander crusade and stuff like that? Tyler, you speak I, to that. I think we do it how Jesus did it. We do it through relationships. Mm-hmm. We don't do it through social media. We don't do it through sharing. A po- I'm not saying not to support and, and stand for truth on your social media pages as long as it's done in kindness. What I am saying is more impact is going to happen when we're having relationship, we're having meals with people, we're mm-hmm. hanging out with people, we're, we're, we're seeing them face to face. If I type a message to you on social media, that message is, is no longer in my control of how you want to read it. Yeah. So, so I could be coming at you with something that is, is to you negative and you could be, re- I could be saying in this tone and talking nicely and you could be really like, rah, rah, rah. you could be reading yeah. it like I'm, I'm screaming it at you. It's, it's, and it's, that's up to you. It's how you want to interpret it. And then that can only exacerbate your response. And so when there's no nuance, really discussions shouldn't happen. I've always said social media shouldn't have comments. Mm-hmm. Like if you could take away commenting on social media, it would change things. If, sure. someone, if, if you couldn't respond, you could just, okay, that person is doing that. 
That's it. You can't. And you leave it. You, yeah. And you leave it. You can't. You can't like it. You can't comment on it. You can't. I don't know if people would use it anymore as much, but it, it definitely. I think it would help. <laughs> yeah. No, it would definitely help on the uh, divisiveness yeah. thing for sure. Um. Yeah, I agree. I think that. Yeah, I think that you go back. I mean, you don't have to go back that far, but you go back twenty years where there is no social media. Um. The only way to have a platform to speak is through relationships. Yeah. That's the only way. I mean, it's only in your network of people that you can talk to right. and have conversations with. And the the beauty of that is that even if your neighbor believes different than you, mm-hmm. even if your neighbor votes differently than you, because you have a relationship with them, you can sit and have an honest conversation yes. and it not get blown out of portion. And you can walk away going, well, I've said what I think and they've said what they think and – we can still be friends. We can yes. still be neighbors, and it's okay. But on and, yeah, and in that relationship, so you on social media, you are not given permission to speak. You mm-hmm. just speak. Mm-hmm. But if say you and I are having a discussion, say we're on opposite sides and we're talking about some political thing, mm-hmm. if I'm speaking to you, I know you have given me permission to speak to you, right? Because we're we're. Whereas on social media, like they see a comment they disagree with, just go crazy on it. Yeah. It's like. No one gave you permission. I mean, didn't give the person to make the comment in the first place permission, but also, right. so there, there's, there's already this, this tension that's already there. Where, yeah. as in a relationship, that's, that's not there. It's, it's typically more comfortable because yeah. I've had many conversations with people who I disagree with that have been walked away, been perfectly fine yeah. walking away from the conversation, that's still exactly disagreeing, right? But they're, they're, they're in person conversations, and that person knows that ultimately I still care about that person, and, and understand that I, I have. I have compassion for them. I have there, there's an understanding there when it's in person that's just not there. Yeah, in social media world. Yeah, and that's the only way to do that peacefully. I think uh, is through personal Definitely. interactions with people. Yeah, I think about like as a Christian, wh- what should we do? How do we do that? I think that uh, predominantly we have to do we have to do things the legal way, and so we have to vote based on our convictions individually. Um, yes, you can have healthy conversations with people in the right setting, um, but we should. We should, as believers, um, we should do our homework. Um, we should go into the—it's a, it's a great privilege that we have in America that we can go and vote. It is a wonderful thing that we can do mm-hmm. that. Um, we can—but we need to do our homework. Uh, I can't tell you how many times I've gone into a voting booth— and I've known about oh I've known about the presidential election and I've known about uh, this thing this new bill that they're passing or wanting to pass, but but have I done my homework on all the different amendments and things? Do we know those kind of things? Do your homework on that stuff and vote your convictions on mm-hmm. what is what is best. Pray um, about it. Hold it against yeah. God's word. Make sure you understand what you're voting on for sure. Yeah, I think another issue that we sometimes dismiss is we. I think sometimes not just Christians, but just people in general, they have this apathy toward election time or things of that nature. And they think to themselves, I'm one person out of 359 million people. My my vote doesn't, it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean anything. And so I think we choose apathy a lot of times and we just say, well, it's not going to matter what I do. And it's either the apathy or you think I can't trust, (laughs) I can't trust the government and it's not going to be a real vote anyway. But we have to. We have a responsibility, a moral responsibility mm-hmm. to let our voice be known in that. Totally. So I think that there's definitely uh, those things. And, and I would say the other side is we we do have representatives that 
are intended to be our advocates, and let's speak right. to them. I mean, write to your senators. Write Hold to them your, accountable. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. There, there is a responsibility that we have that we – I think a lot of times we complain and we argue and we don't like what's going on, but what have we done really to be an advocate for change and to stand up for truth? So write to your congressmen. Write to your senators. Write to those people who are um, your uh, your legislative uh, representation in – uh, whether that's a state level, whether that's a uh, national level, for sure. So in Romans chapter 13, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm to read a scripture here uh, today because this kind of pertains to the idea of politics. Obviously, it can, pertains to it. But Romans chapter 13 speaks about the idea of authority. Um, and as a believer, Paul is writing to the church at Rome, uh, of all places, right, the capital of the Roman Empire. Um, and he's writing to the Christians, and he says this in verse 1. I'm just going to read a couple of verses. He says, Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers hold no terror uh, for those who do right, but the, for those who do wrong. Um for the one in authority is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid. Uh, let me jump down at verse 5. He says, Therefore it is necessary to submit to the authorities, not only because of possible punishment, because, but also as a matter of conscience. This is also why you pay your taxes, for authorities are God's servants who give their full time governing. Give to everyone who owes who, who you owe them. Um, if you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then pay revenue. If respect, then respect and honor and honor. Um, and so as, as it pertains to Romans 13, Paul is speaking to us as believers as saying we are responsible for s- submitting to authority. Um, and so the question I think we should pose is what does that mean for believers, especially in areas where we disagree with politics and disagree with the laws that have been instituted? Well, two points I'll make is as believers – isn't that what we're asking people to do when we're telling them about Christ mm-hmm. is submit to authority? Sure. Yeah. So we're asking people to submit to authority. So if we're not willing to submit to authority, we're saying, Hey, you should submit to this authority, but we don't submit to authority. Right. I mean, yeah. you're almost, that's, that's a message you're giving. That's one thing. The other thing is that there's laws that have been, let's say laws that have been taken away and allowed things in. Uh, let's, for example, uh, termination of pregnancy, uh, same sex marriage, those things that we know go against God's word. However, those laws don't force us to participate in those things. Yeah, we're primarily obviously talking about our culture in uh, in politics in America. Yeah, I think you're exactly right because, yes, we have a responsibility ultimately to God's law, whatever God has asked us to do. And so um, from that perspective, yes, we are to be uh, allegiant to God's law ultimately, and we're to be allegiant to man's laws until that infringes on God's law, right? God's mm-hmm. law supersedes um, anything that is man-made. But I think it's I think it's so interesting that Paul writes this, and Paul writes this in the context of the Roman government, yeah. right? I mean, Paul is writing to people. I mean, some of these people who are reading this have lost a lot because of their faith. Uh, they have lost homes. They've been marginalized. They've been, uh, many of those people have been uh, kicked out of their homes, lost their businesses. Some of them have been persecuted. Mm-hmm. Um, he's writing this about a nation, a Roman nation that is oppressive, uh, punitive, 
I mean, they, they persecuted the church in many levels. And here Paul is saying that he says uh, there is no government that exists that God did not establish, that yeah. God didn't allow them to be in that, right? Um, and I'm, I don't think Paul is saying that God approves of every everything that government is doing on the earth, but it's still our responsibility to be obedient and subject ourselves to those authorities um, where where it uh, doesn't contradict God's law. So, yeah, we're, we're not – we don't have to agree with every law, um, but we are called to um, – to respect that authority and be obedient until until it contradicts God's law. Right. And I think there's examples in the scripture of where people did not obey man's law because it contradicted God's law. Yeah, and, and Daniel. Um, oh, yeah. Daniel's a clear picture of that when they're asked to bow to the, the golden statue and, and worship. And there's, there's many parts throughout Daniel where he's asked – uh, to eat differently, and Daniel says he disagrees and says no, I don't. I don't eat that way. I eat this way, and and he asks though he yeah. doesn't. He doesn't say I refuse and walks away. He goes to Nebuchadnezzar and says, "Look, I will eat my way, and if I'm not better off, then you can. I will. I will submit to you." Yeah. And he gives that. So he he gives that that question of like, I, "I'm can I do this?" And and we'll see where we're at. Right. A there's month a, from there's now. a peaceful side of that. Yes. That he does. Yeah. yeah. There's, so you can see where he's he's being peaceful there. But then also when they're asked to bow to the golden statue, then th- that's when it goes against sure. God's law and they refuse and God protects them in that. Um, which, it, But also there's many examples too in Daniel where it, it, Daniel's, those things happen. And it says, what is it? It says Daniel goes to pray. Yeah. Like he goes to pray. That's mm-hmm. what he does. He does. It doesn't say, well, Daniel went and got 12 of his, his strongest guys and they got swords and weapons and right, back right. and <laughs> overthrew. Now, they didn't do that. They just didn't do things that way. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah, I think about the story in very similar to that. I think of the stories that we read in like the early part of Acts, Acts chapter four or oh, yeah. five, where the the disciples were preaching about Jesus. Uh, people were healed. It caused an uproar in the town. They were arrested. Uh, and I and I didn't I didn't put it down to read it today, but in Acts four, I believe it's chapter four, where where they are uh, they are flogged. The disciples are flogged, whipped. After they were in prison and they were told by the Sanhedrin, which is kind of the ruling council, uh, uh, the Jewish ruling council said, you are not to speak of the name of Jesus anymore. And they go out, the disciples go out rejoicing. And the, the next day they're they're back at the street yeah. preaching. And so, yeah. and so here's the thing that God says in his law, he says, you go make disciples. If man or the authorities of our government say, no, don't you cannot preach about Jesus, God's law supersedes that. Mm-hmm. And so... Now, they were still peaceful about it. It's not like they were trying to be um, – they were not like going and attacking anybody in government because of that. But they were simply saying, we're just going to still preach and trust God. Yeah. And so I think that we have to recognize just because – like you mentioned, Tyler, laws have been passed that permit people to do things that biblically we think are in mm-hmm. – uh, they're, they're incongruent. Um, but – the Bible, but the government is not forcing me to terminate a pregnancy in my house right, right. now. Um, the, the Bible, I mean, and, and our government is not making it where I'm not allowed to worship or things like that. Right. If that becomes the case, then we have to take a stand on what God's mm-hmm. word says. Um, and so I think that's that fine line. We, we have to sometimes say, you know what, I don't agree with all that is happening um, in our world, in our in our country, 
but I'm still able to be a believer. I'm yeah. still able to worship. I'm still be, I'm able to do everything that God has asked me to do, and and I'm going to hold to those convictions. And we have to recognize that. I mean, that's when when uh, Peter uh, when Jesus was having that this conversation with the disciples about. He said, "Hey, look at the coin. Uh, who's who's." inscriptions on the coin that yeah. said Caesar's. And he yeah. says, uh, you, you give to Caesar what is Caesar's. He, he's saying we, we have a responsibility to pay taxes to a government that is immoral, yep. that is not right. And mm-hmm. they, he said, you do that because that is what is right in respecting your authority. What did, what did Jesus do? Yeah. He submitted to their he authority submitted. and they were going to put him on the cross. Yeah, exactly so, right. So he, he knowing they're going to put him on the cross, he's like, uh, he didn't fight him. He walked right, he went to them, turned himself in. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> well, yeah, that, that's and, a perfect example of that. Yeah, in the garden, he tells Peter, he says, yeah. hey, put away your sword. It's not, right. this is not We're not going to fight for, for this. Yeah. yeah, exactly. After he cut a guy's ear off. Which... Yeah. Which I wonder, like, how do you how do you go whacking at somebody and only get their ear? Uh, yeah. Like, that's a whole other thing. Peter was a fisherman. You that's know, right. Not he, was not a, swordsman. <laughs> he was not a swordsman. He was not a warrior. Um, so let's just talk, just as we wrap up here uh, today, let's, let's consider this other thought. So obviously 2024 is coming. Like mm-hmm. it is around the corner. Um, it is going to be an onslaught of, we know the world and we know how our world works. It's going to be an onslaught of chaos and slander and just hate speech about everything that people have done ever in their life. Um, as a believer and as Christians, what do we need to consider and how do we need to pray going forward into this next year? That's going to be highly volatile. I think we need to consider, uh, one thing to pray for those believers who are in government strongly pray mm-hmm. for them to keep a, their firm foundation in Christ as they battle a very immoral government. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I s- stay out of politics on social media yeah. is hard. Like it, 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 trust me when I say it's not a benefit, you're not, you're not winning someone over. So pray for those that you see on social media. Maybe you're on there and you see things that you disagree with choose to pray for those people and not be combative choose to not make posts that are divisive that will divide people only things that will edify and lift people up. But ultimately the biggest thing I think is is that is like you said earlier, pray, pray about those believers and educate yourself on what you're going to be voting on in, in that year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, you know, you mentioned that thing and I know we've talked a lot about the social media side of that. I think there's a, a, an avenue with the social media thing that we can, um, do a better job of standing for the truth, but in the right way. So mm-hmm. my thought would be this. If you see someone post something on a social media page that you would disagree with and you would like to confront that idea, yeah, you, you do it individually with that person if mm-hmm. you can. So, I, And I realize that you don't know everybody on social media, but if it is all possible, if you feel strongly that, hey, I need to defend the Bible on that, I think go to them individually. Maybe, uh, maybe like take it down to this point. Maybe it's a friend that you yes, have on yes. on Facebook, for yeah. example, and you private message that friend and yes. say, "Hey, could, I was, you know, I'm kind of wondering how what you think about this. Can we sit down, have coffee, have lunch, right. and talk about this?" Yeah, I, exactly. That would definitely be a better thing than actually jumping in their comments. Right, right, right. So I think about that. I think, I think obviously. We need to be praying for our, our government and praying for leaders. A lot. <laughs> yeah, a lot. And and praying for everybody, not just those that we want in government, but we we should pray for everybody. Um, I mean, Paul writes about that to Timothy in first Timothy uh first Timothy one, he says or two, he says, I want men everywhere to lift up holy hands and pray. Mm-hmm. Pray for those rulers and those in authority. Like that's our responsibility. 
uh, to do that. And so I think about in our prayers, not just pray for the election, but pray for those existing members of Congress and uh, who hold office and, and things of that nature. Pray that they would begin, whoever they are, regardless of their political affiliation or their biblical perspective, pray that they would begin to think and plan for the betterment of our people, not for their own self, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things that we we have frustrations about. We feel like sometimes politicians are only doing what's best for them and not for the people. But we and need it, people in your who are there. Personal life, if you're if you're doing your research and you know someone there is immoral and you know they're wrong, pray that they get voted out. There's nothing wrong right. with that. There's Absolutely. nothing wrong with asking God to to put somebody in that place that is is much more mature, possibly a believer, someone who's moral, someone who shares our, our values. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with praying for those things. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, I think in terms of our, how awesome would it be if we prayed and prayed and it eventually through prayer and through just people making good decisions and Christians standing up, how awesome would it be if we would get a government that would eventually recognize God's law as sovereign like, how awesome would that be? Like, if we could get it where people, even if they didn't totally agree with everything we do, but if they recognize the authority of God's law um, and then made decisions based off of that, how beautiful that would be. But I think another thing that's, I think it's important that we recognize as we talk about the government, I recognize this this even by itself might be somewhat, I don't know, controversial. People might disagree with me. Um, the thought would be that as as a, as a nation, um, I know we call ourselves a Christian nation, but in the world that we live in today and in what, in what a president or what a congressman or woman, their job responsibility is to do, sometimes when it comes to voting, sometimes when it comes to voting, the Christian is not the best option mm. for that job. And I think that's important we recognize, right? Like, I, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christ follower, I would make a horrible president. Like I, I would, I would not be good at that job at all. So don't, please don't vote me and don't write my name in. Um, my point is this: that yes, I, yes, we want to have godly people who are leading and things like that. Um, but we also have to recognize that sometimes someone who might not be a believer might have the best ideas for our nation yeah. at that moment. Just because they're a Christian, might they might be disastrous. Um, in terms of that. So I'm not saying, well, that's what I'm saying, do our homework. Like, be responsible and recognize, yes, we have an allegiance to God's word, but but we also want to put the right people in the right places to do what is best for our country. And um, so do your homework. Like Tyler said, stay <laughs> off of social media. Um, certainly it is not beneficial in the long run. It, it doesn't do any no. good at all. No. Um, but be people of prayer be people of conviction. And um, at the end of the day, we have to be peacemakers in this and we Absolutely. have to set the tone as Christians. So um, anything else you need to add Tyler to no, today? I don't think so. Well, i tell you what, let me pray for us and uh, let me pray for our nation um, and all that goes on in the world of government today. Let's pray. God, we just uh, love the fact that you have given us an opportunity to live in a country where we have a voice. We get to make, help make decisions um, Lord, I know that Satan would love to see us just continue this divisive um, pattern that we've seen over the last many years. 
um, where we are pitting one political party against another. And then we see how that trickles down to families and neighborhoods and even church families. And, and God, that, that should not be the case. So help us, God, as believers to be uh, the trendsetters. Help us to be people of peace. Help us to um, fight for honesty. Help us to stand for um, purity. Um, but do that the right way, God. Help us to, by giving us wisdom, give us uh, the ability to, to know what we should say and when we should say it and when we shouldn't say things. Um, Lord, I pray that you would be with the people that are in authority in our country. Uh, some of those are on a national levels, and then we have it all the way down to city levels. Um, Lord, I pray that those who are in government right now would recognize you um, as authority. Uh, they'd recognize that the things you've given us in your word, God, they, they explain and give us principles that would help us flourish in life if we would just adhere to your word. And so I just pray, God, that, that those people who are in power right now would recognize you as their authority. I pray that more p- people who are believers, who have the ability and the wisdom and the giftings to lead uh, in a political realm, God, that they would step into those roles and we would be able to vote those people in if they're best for the country and best for our communities. So, God, give us wisdom as we navigate through this. Help us to be people of peace. Help us to be people who stand for your word but do that biblically and um, and with honesty and integrity. We love you. We ask you to just bless us. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, guys, thanks for joining us. We'll look forward to seeing you next time on Call to Follow.